Welcome back, guys, to the From the Stands podcast. I'm Alec Wojak, and Alex Rodriguez is here with me to talk yes, about the United States of America national team camp This that just happened. Um, played two games against Granada and El Salvador. Um, two very different games, obviously. Um, if you're watching them, obviously we humbled Granada. Not really humbled them. We should have expected to beat them. And El Salvador uh, gave us a few surprises or we just didn't really play well in general. So that's really what we're here to talk about today. So before we even get into it, Alex, what was just your, you know, impressions of the game? Uh, of the game or the or the camp? Or no, the, the camp, the camp. The okay, camp. okay. All right. So um, not necessarily camp, but more or less uh, qualifying for the Nations League. Um, <clears throat> overall, um, Granada kind of went how we thought it was going to go. Look, 7 one's a great, yeah, it was a great result. But at the end of the day, uh, should have kept a clean sheet. Um, watching back the goal, I mean, we'll dive back into it, but the goal was just was so just sad to watch. Um, and then again, uh, El Salvador, not how we expected though. Um, to only win one nil was kind of sad to see. Um, but we all, we all saw the game though. I mean, it was. Definitely what we expect out of Concacaf, but um, with our with the strong team that we provided, we we should have, we should have battered them. So yeah, we should have we should have put a lot more into the net. Also, Concacaf referees they never failed to disappoint. Should have been several cards. Uh, you know, you, like you play away, you play at home, it never changes. Concacaf referees are all the same. They are terrible at decision makings and all the other stuff. But you know what? We're not here to complain about the rest. We're here to complain about how we only beat uh, El Salvador 1-0. <laughs> anyway, so starting off with the first game of the camp against Granada. Um, first off, just like let's look over the uh, the lineup that we had. Um, wasn't our strongest. Obviously, it was a little bit experimental. We had Trusty McKenzie in the back line. Also had Brian Reynolds, surprisingly, at right back. Yeah. Kind of weird that he was in the camp. Um, then we also had uh, Joe Scali on the left. So Yeah. I mean, uh, I think our prediction for the back line wasn't too off, but still off. Um, to have a completely different back line, kind of what we expected because we wanted these players to really, like, see how they would play with each other um, with some of the first-team players, uh, such as Aaron Trusty and Mark McKenzie. How how well can they play with McKinney and Luca Del Torre in front of them or Pulisic, right? Um, so I, this was kind of what we expected, um, but the difference in quality really showed um, kind of going forward. It felt stale. Um, and, of course, the first transition is from defense to offense. So having our back line almost being really slow. I don't know if, if this could also be a criticism of the midfield, which we'll get into as well, but... I don't. I just felt like it was a slow transition, but maybe it's because you know, first time all of them are playing together. Uh, we also don't really know the tactics with the new formation. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. Um, first off, to start, but you know, it's having Luca McKenny in the back. Uh, Luca's more so the pivot in that in midfield. Uh, then you also have Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna coming back into the national team camp after that whole fiasco with his mommy <laughs> and daddy. And Gio's dad being the guy that he is in the whole Greg Berhalter situation, you know. Everybody should know about that by now. It's a very it was a very popular topic topic if you follow the US soccer. Well, but I mean it's a big point he started this game. It's a it's a big point. And I think that's a real statement from Anthony Hudson because if you look at the comments that he made even after 
Uh, well, mainly after the El Salvador game, he said he was our biggest biggest attacking threat. He was the one that you know was just creating more of the chances. Unfortunately, he didn't get to the score. Wish he did, but you know that would have been really a big statement and a big fu to Greg Berhalter. But you know what? Yeah, speaking of the biggest FU, yeah, Greg I was Berhalter gonna say yeah, get was to Ricardo that. Pepe returning <laughs> to the national team setup, and he does what he does best. He scores goals. Scored. Uh, First five minutes of the game, Christian Pulisic crossed it in. Ricardo Pepe uh, put the ball in the back of the net with his uh, good old noggin right there. So, uh, yep. yeah, great, great, great uh, start for him. You know, he's had a great season in the Netherlands. Uh, I was very excited to see him back because, obviously, he got snubbed. He actually he got, got screwed. We over. all know he got snubbed. Like, it's it's insane how he comes back still with a great attitude to come into this team and still put in maximum effort. That's exactly why I love. Um, and at the same time, though, he's also coming from abroad, like you said, in Holland, just like all the other players. Pepe did not get any injuries, like such such as Musa, who had to come off the pitch. Um, he looked ready, and he wanted to come out and make a statement, and he certainly did. Yeah, so I I enjoyed it very much how Pepe got in, you know, just on – on the score sheet in general, but he also scored another goal right after that. Unfortunately, he got taken off before he could score his hat-trick. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But anyway, we beat Granada 7-1. Okay? They are ranked 173rd in the world. They have not had an impressive, <laughs> like, opening to, like, 2023. Yes, they have two wins, but they're against really, really tiny nations. That I guess for their standards, they should beat. They've had four ties, and they've also had two losses. One of those was against us, obviously, 7-1. Um, yeah, so, like, overall, like, who impressed you the most in that game? Because I have, a few, I have a few. Obviously, it was Pepe. Uh, I think we can both agree Christian Pulisic was playing ridiculously. And, I again, I just want to make sure everybody knows we are talking about Granada, the 173rd-ranked team in the world. There's not many teams after. There's like 40 more teams after them. But yeah. listen, like he was playing great. There was even like a time when they were like putting three people on him just to stop him from like putting crosses in and, or creating chances. So I was pretty impressed with it. I was pretty impressed with uh, Christian Pulisic overall. Um, look, I mean, I don't really have anyone who I was like super thrilled with uh, besides Pepe. I think I kind of explained why I was really happy Pepe was on the field. Uh, same with his attitude, showing FU to Greg Berhalter. Um, at the same time, though, I think there were some players who I kind of wish I wanted them to do better, especially considering the opposition. Um, I don't know if you agree with me, but the back line, I mean, they didn't really get tested, so there wasn't much. But when we transitioned to the uh, El Salvador game, you could really tell the difference between Brian Reynolds and Serginho Dest. And that was a big, I guess, wake, not wake up call, but it was something that I was really happy to see. And that we have a player like Serginio Des, who was able to get down the flank so quick, so easily. He was one of our biggest attacking threats against El Salvador. Um, the difference with Brian Reynolds was that it, was, it felt too slow. And I don't know what it was in the pace, but I really wish against Granada he put in that, that sort of statement. He got Same an with assist. Joe, same with nah, same with Joe Scally. I just felt like and we what we are accustomed to with Anthony Robinson and Serginho Des is paced down the wings and full of energy. I just felt like that was kind of missing in the game. I think I kind of disagree with you on a few points. I will not okay. lie. I will not okay. lie. I 
So I've I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or not, but I'm pretty sure I've talked to you about it. Anthony Robinson to me, I like him. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but at the same time, I feel like we have better options out there. Okay. Um, like whether it's I believe his name is Jonathan Gomez who plays for Real Sociedad who hasn't committed to either us or Mexico yet. Um, he could be an option for a viable option for the future. I really do think I like Scally in the wing, like in the you know, in the fullback role of either right or left. I feel like Scally overall is a way more technical player and who can do a lot more for us in some ways. I didn't. Well, I wasn't really impressed with Anthony Robinson's performance against El Salvador. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. He, me he, neither. He lost the ball a multitude <laughs> of times. He did not like. Oh, like all. Fair enough. Our entire team did not look good, but he was one no. of the people that you just kind of looked at and you're like, oh, he screwed up again, type thing. Um, Sergio Des. I think Sergio Des is our best right back. Okay, because he provides defensive and attacking threats. Um, I really don't see who is like ahead of him in that in that respect. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I don't think is there. I like Brian Reynolds. Don't get me wrong. He's had a weird career, I guess. And there's not many people in our player pool who could take over Serginho Death spot. Like we have Brian Reynolds, Reggie Cannon, who's who knows what he's doing right now. Um, <laughs> I, I've said like I really don't think our like fullback like. You know, depth, depth. Chart is is just very big. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was weird. I guess it was like the first okay. time that these guys are just coming back together, and maybe it's just like the first game. But obviously, I hope to see something way better from Anthony Robinson and Sergio Dest when it comes to uh, the Nations League and the Gold Cup this summer. So, okay, that's my whole spiel um, on that. All right. So I think we both agreed. Aronson was not good. Oh, he's terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. <laughs> Did not look confident on the ball. Kept losing it. And everybody's like, oh, he scored, though. He scored. I don't care if he scored. It doesn't matter. It's Granada. Yeah. It's Granada. Let's be honest. It's Granada that he scored against. And even in the else, like, obviously, like, we're in the Granada game right now. And we'll get to the El Salvador game. But just, like, foreshadowing it, he was terrible in his, yeah. little, his sub-appearance as well in Orlando against El Salvador. I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know what's going on with him, honestly. Like, especially at Leeds as well. It's just kind of like, what's happening? I'll say it again. The Leeds move is not good for all three of our, uh, you know, our bright young prospects. I mean, at the same time, though, like, if he went to a different club, I mean, would he still be at his peak or? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he played in in Austria, man. Like, yeah, he played in Austria. But I guess. uh, I mean, yeah, another guy who. I guess he picked it up a little bit in the game, but Luca Della Torre, I didn't think he was very good against so, Granada. So that was the frustrating part with me is that I felt like him or Weston McKinney was lazy on the goal that we conceded. So it was Luca. It was Luca. It was Luca, right? It was Luca. So it this the goal brought me flashbacks of when we played Holland. It was mm. the same exact type of goal that we conceded, where Holland is bringing it down the flank. Um, our our center backs and fullbacks get caught up with the runners. And then our CDMs do not track back and catch the, the last runner who's on top of the 18. That's exactly what happened against Granada. And it was so disappointing to watch that two players who went to the World Cup were lazy tracking back, even though they were 3-0 up, lazy tracking back and conceded against Granada. That was so frustrating to see. Um, and I think this it was, team's really just sad. bad on like transitional plays. Like conceding goals wise, because like I believe. But that's goalie, what that's what we goalie, shouldn't have to expect though. It's I, I know, Weston I McKinney. It's like you need you played at Juventus at Leeds. 
you have energy. Why isn't that something? I just want to mention that. What a drop. I was just kind of like, wh like, why is that? Why are you not there? Or why are you not demanding that from your teammates? And as a center back, of course, the the defenders are new. This is our first team, their first game with the national team. But that's something you'd have to get on them for about. So. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Granada was kind of a rough game. He Anthony Hudson experimented a lot. We did get yeah. to see uh, Austin Trusty in there. Got to see him and Mark McKenzie partner with each other. I thought Trusty was decent. I mean, like we said, he wasn't tested very much, but he looked confident whenever the ball was in the air. But you kind of expect yeah. that from a center back in general. Well, I mean, that's what um, he does at Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, I think Austin Trusty, if he continues to perform at Birmingham, still has a a spot here or, you know, a like a fighting chance to get into that. Well, but it, so I know it if depends. Gonna... I mean, look, if, if Miles Robinson gets a, a transfer or he gets, you know, he signs somewhere else abroad, who knows? I mean, this could get a very exciting player pool that we have at center back. Our player pool is interesting at center back. I mean, at the, the same least. time, though, I mean, uh, I brought it up on our Twitter. I was, uh, what, it, could we have Cameron Carter-Vickers in that lineup? And I was kind of surprised he wasn't there as well, considering the praise he's getting in Scotland. So, By the way, just anybody listening, like, he's been praised by people in Scotland who aren't American. And, yes, there are a lot of Celtic fans and also other fans, but they're saying he's one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. And the Scottish Premiership. Well, a lot of Americans might not watch it. It's very, very competitive. It is. And also Celtic competes in European competitions all the time. Like Europa the, League. Europa League, sometimes Champions League, even though they got knocked out right away. It doesn't <laughs> matter. But our center back pool is interesting, and I really do want to talk about that when we kind of like get towards the end. But, yeah, we have a lot of options coming in, and I think – like, let's be realistic. Tim Ream does not have very long left. <laughs> he doesn't, like, no. Man's 34, 35, around that range. Um, someone's going to have to take his place. Like, as much as we think he's really great and as much as, like, experience and leadership he brings his team, his time's coming to an end eventually, and eventually someone's going to take his place. Yeah. Let's just be honest. But, yeah. like. Did said, you like uh, Weston McKinney's performance? I mean, he scored twice, so, I mean – uh, I scoring really, acrobatic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, okay. sure that he's a you know, he's a set piece threat, which I like. I think we are terrible at set pieces. Like we hired a whole set piece coach at the for the World Cup, and we were terrible. Um, get Christian so, Pulisic off. Uh, yeah, set I was pieces, gonna say, is this a get hot him take? Off. Yeah, get Christian Pulisic off set pieces. <laughs> I don't. We saw this at the World Cup. We've seen it before. He can't take them. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's so bad. Like, I don't understand that. Like, dude, just... It's funny, too, because, oh. like, it, it looks like they know what they're doing when they're on a set piece. Like, okay, everyone's going to rush for uh, the front post, maybe one runner at the back post. And then Pulisic delivers the ball, and, and it, it somehow goes over everyone. And you're just kind of like, like, Dude, what? Just, like, what just happened? The most frustrating thing to watch in the El Salvador game was yeah. dude just watching him. No, but the thing put is, balls in off free kicks, and I'm as like, soon oh as soon God. as Taylor Booth came on, he was on set pieces, and I was like, great, great, finally Pulisic isn't on set pieces. Uh, but anyways, um, I think that covers the the lineup. I think um, Matt Turner did what he does best. Uh, he was. I was. I was really happy about his transition plays when uh, he would make a save and go straight on the counter. Uh, sometimes he would release the ball to Pulisic and it would go out of bounds. So that was nice. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, actually, do I... you want to rate the subs? Actually, I don't know. Um, um I, don't know. I just Taylor, quickly. I mean, Taylor, Taylor Booth. Booth. Taylor Booth came on, didn't do exactly much. Yunus Musa, I really can't remember him doing very much either. <laughs> I mean, same with our El Salvador game, didn't do much there. Johnny Cordoso, you can't. I don't really think you can rate his camp at all. No, like Johnny Cordoso, I don't think you can because he got on very late and it's not enough time to really do anything. Yeah, uh, Zendayas, of course, he scored. I think that I think it's good. I don't think Zendayas is a starter. I'm gonna say that now. Yeah, like I don't think he's moving a starter. forward. Moving forward, I don't think he is. But if he can provide that off the bench, if he can provide like an attacking option off the bench, okay. I'm all for it. I'm all but, for okay, it. At, at this point in time, would you rather have Zendayas or Aronson playing? Zendayas. Zendayas, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's not even a question for me. Daryl <laughs> oh, DK has I'ma, somehow I'ma been save, terrible. I'm going to save Daryl DK for the, the, for the <laughs> El Salvador game. But let's, right, let's, okay. transition. let's transition to the, the mighty El Salvador game. Um, I mean, yeah. this was a this was a real CONCACAF Nations League game, man. I mean, like, like, was it, it was only one yellow card? Damn. Uh, yes, there was only one yellow. One yellow. And actually, do you have the stats on the fouls? Uh, there was... What's whatever sixteen plus eleven is? I can't do math at <laughs> math at this exact moment. Anyways, we uh, so we committed sixteen fouls, which actually we felt committed surprising sixteen to me. fouls. Uh, El Salvador committed eleven somehow. Yeah, um, it didn't feel like that though. Um, yeah. El Salvador was kicking us around. I don't. I don't think any of our players were used to it. Honestly, I don't know. I think. I mean, I feel like a lot. Maybe maybe some because... of the maybe like Daryl DK. But other than that, I don't know who else was really used to that. I don't know. But uh, getting to the lineup for, for that, we went out. I think we went out really strong. We went out so strong, and we won 1-0. Yeah. So Matt Turner, of course, in goal. Serginio Des returning to right back spot. Has had a rough season in Milan so far. Uh, Bro, I thought he had a good game, man. I mean, I was just saying that he's had a rough season in Milan. Okay, okay, he's, okay. He, but he's returning to the, the national team setup. Another person returning is Miles Robinson. Yes. He tore his ACL, was out for the World Cup. It was unfortunate because I, I do like Miles Robinson. I actually do like him. Even though he plays in the MLS, I do rate him. I think he's very good. Um on his on his best like best day. But um I really don't believe Miles Robinson was all that this game. Um some people may disagree with me. I mean, there wasn't a ton for our back line to really do, but I don't know. No, I mean, look, if anything, like, there was a point in the game where El Salvador was offsides, like, three times in a row when they played to number nine. Like, it was it was just a weird game for the back line where El Salvador was most, like, more or less just trying to give it to a nine and go. I mean, there's a lot. Like, I even just went on websites, and I was looking at different – I was just looking at player ratings to see what kind of other people thought. Some people – dude, I know. It's, it may sound weird, but I was just like, dude, I want to, like – like, you can't really trust player ratings. Let's be honest here, but – People were like, oh, Miles Robinson played good. And other people were like, oh, no, he did it. Then on Twitter, they're like, oh, Miles Robinson's our best center, like one of our best center backs. And everybody else is like, hey, he's probably like third or fourth. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, mixed that competition opinion. between him and uh, Zimmerman is, is going to be there. But you, you put... You I put, think I put Zimmerman ahead of him, though, right? Because of experience. I, th- I think right now, um, well, Zimmerman went way down on my list after he uh, gave away that penalty against Wales. But um, Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Cameron Carter-Vickers is 
way ahead of him. Let's be yeah. honest here. I think that's an obvious given. Moving on, uh, Tim Ream, he he makes an appearance there. Uh, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> no, I, stuff, I, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, like, Tim Ream was Tim Ream. Like Tim Ream was Tim Ream, but like you can't really rate the back line besides Anthony Robinson, who's terrible. Um, no, I mean, I feel like that's the thing you're gonna get out of Tim Ream. Like you, you're always gonna get Tim Ream. Like it's he's just, a 30 for, he, 35 year old dude, bro. He's gonna do what he does, man. He's gonna do yeah, what he's been doing for the past. But that's what, 20 that's years? the good part about him. Like he's just so solid, and you're kind of like. Yeah, you put Team Ream on the pitch, you know exactly what you're going to get. Okay, move on, you know. It's not uh, even like it's a bad Tim Ream. It's a good Tim Ream. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was happy with it, I guess. Uh, so, Robinson, I already talked about him, man. There's no yeah. need to, to continue. It, it honestly felt like the El Salvador wingers were, like, bullying him on over there. Yeah, was, what, was, dude, he's just losing the ball left and right. <laughs> like, you know how just, like, he is, like, Whenever he gets the ball, he just looks like weird in some way. They were taking I mean, advantage of that. No, I, it's like like. But the thing is, though, he's a Premier League left back, and yeah. so many like teams want him. Yeah, like, he's good. Not saying he's not. It's just yeah. some days like this is. What I mean, he Man does. City was interested in him, and I don't think his first touch is the best. But you know, I'm not a Man City scout, so I don't know. Oh yeah, we're not professional scouts. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to the midfield, Musa. I didn't rate him very highly. I didn't think he had. Very impactful, you know, just okay. performance. Uh, okay. I don't know. McKenny. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I felt like the only good thing McKenny provided was the assist for Pepe. But I felt like the Pepe goal was because of Pepe. He made a really smart run through, uh, like, coming off the center back in which McKinney was able to read and slot him in, and it was just one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, right? So yeah. I felt like that was the only good thing McKinney really contributed um, other than that, I mean, if it feels like whenever we play against these smaller nations teams, the midfield drops down to their level, and that's I one know. of the that's one of the frustrating things I have with McKinney because I expect him to raise the level and I want him to be efficient in the midfield, but it feels like whenever we play against these teams, it just becomes slower, and I don't I don't understand why. That's why, like, I just I've had a hard time kind of judging people's performances because, like you said, they drop down to their level, and it's like it's just bang average pretty much. West McKinney, like, it's just like you're watching the game, and then the commentator says like McKinney's name or like Moose's name, and you're like, oh, I didn't even know they were playing type thing. Like, yeah. obviously, obviously, you know they're playing, but. Like, it's like they're it's not more the players. fact they just haven't had much of an impact, and you expect more out of these players in terms of their efficiency on the ball. Can they play one or two touch quicker? And it felt like whenever they play against El Salvador, it's like, all right, let me take one touch. All right, now I'm going to scan my uh, all my available options. Oh, I can go forward now? I'll go forward. It's like, come on. Like, I, I want this to be a little bit quicker. You're a Premier League player for a reason, right? You're playing against a player from the Colorado Switchbacks. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I know. I saw some dude. I, I don't know if it was like this or another team. Someone plays for Charleston Battery. I don't even know what league they're in. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like Premier League players and like top level players playing against just like media. The USL players. USL League One and Below type thing. <laughs> and all these other guys. Uh, moving up to the, you know, the attacking line. Christian Pulisic had probably one of the worst games Man, I have ever, ever seen. Ever seen. Like, you watch any Christian Pulisic game, he he contributes something, but he did nothing his game. Losing the no, ball, his touch like, was so heavy. His he probably lost. So yeah, he probably lost the ball more times than he's. I don't know, man. Like completed passes that game, it was actually sad to watch. 
it was a terrible performance, and I think everybody on Twitter agreed with, like, just anybody. We're in a national team community, and everybody's like, dude, Christian Pulisic, man, was not. I felt, I felt like what happened, like, what really summed it up for me was Matt Turner. <laughs> he would catch the ball. He'd be like, okay, let's go on the go on a transition. He looks up. He looks to his left. He sees Christian Pulisic running down the flank. He's like, okay, he throws it all the way down the line. Christian Pulisic tries to adjust the ball, and it comes off his heel and goes out of bounds. And I'm just like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, as a Chelsea player, I, I, I need you to be better, man. Like, this, uh, of course, I, I, I was happy that he wanted to keep trying to get on the ball after he kept losing it. He wanted to be a captain, step up, but it was not happening for him. And it, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bear to watch. Yeah, it was bad. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was bad. Uh, Gio Reyna, I think we already really talked about it. He was one of our best attacking threats, had a lot of decent chances, and, I really think Daryl DK let him down, and we'll get into DK in a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> well, actually, the thing the thing with Reyna was he was coming really deep. I don't know if you noticed he was super deep whenever he'd receive the ball, and I was I was kind of because he was getting it. the ball to him exactly, and I was kind of like, why why are you so deep? Like, why are you not higher up the field? You should be creating chances, not feeding it into players who are supposed to be below you, like Weston McKinney or Yunus Musa. And I'm just kind of like, why are you receiving it further back than them and then trying to play up to them? And it's I I was like, you're supposed to be our 10 in there next to Christian Pulisic. What's going on? So Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, like, CONCACAF's weird, man. Some days you're good, some days you're not. Well, that's, that's the thing, though. I mean, look, I know, I know you're about to get into Zendayas, but... Yeah, I was about to go and be like, and speaking of not good. No, no, but, like, think of the four players we just said. Weston McKinney... Yunus Musa, Christian Pulisic, Giorena. These players are Champions League quality and they're not bossing it against El Salvador. I just I I was so disappointed, honestly. It's weird, man. Cockcap's weird. Alright, get into Zendayas. Zendayas, no. No. Never start him again. <laughs> Dude, like I like I said before, if he's a good option off the bench, then yeah, put it See, in. See, I, but... I think we were both kind of like, okay, like, you know. It... When the lineup came out and I saw who was playing, I was like, what is going on in Anthony Hudson's mind? Like, understandably, it's a decently, you know, strong side. But, I mean, but, look, like... we just both agreed that we'd rather have Zendayas over Aronson playing, though. That is but fair. But is, is it more fair. is it more or less the fact that Zendejas is in the squad and you have no other options besides maybe Taylor Booth or Georgie Mihalovic? That's the thing. We had no other like real options, like just at that exact so like moment. Zendejas scored against Granada. Good to good for him. But his start against El Salvador was not not pretty at all. Him and Serginho Des were not on the same wavelength. Like no, at not all. at all, not at all. And I felt like that was super important to highlight and seeing the difference between a player at Club America and a player at AC Milan who grew up in Barcelona, right? And man, like you could tell, Serginho Des was getting frustrated with him, um, and they just played a different type of style. Yeah, it was. I mean, I guess that's what happened. When, well, that's what happens when you leave the FC Dallas Academy just too but, early, man. But I mean, at the same time, though, I felt like that's something we can be happy about having an issue with our fullback being a little bit better than our winger and he's getting upset at a player. I, I felt like that was nice to see, but I guess it just comes down to our depth there. 
And then I think getting in Daryl DK, man, you were not. Oh my gosh, I tried to defend you. So I tried to defend you when we were <laughs> doing this whole like thing, but I can't anymore, bro. Yeah. You just squandered like every. Oh, I don't. I can't. I can't even put it into words. Just like how frustrating it was to watch him against Granada as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say because, like, dude, like, how many times are we gonna give this guy a chance in the national team and he just never produces? And first of all, Anthony Hudson putting DK in over Pepe, who scored two goals before. Yeah. And then eventually, later on, scored the winner. It kind of makes you wonder what would have happened if we would have just, you know put in Pepe from the start no I mean that was the thing though I felt like like it was an opportunity for DK to try and make a name of himself for the number nine position and he failed but out of this whole CONCACAF Nations League campaign or trying to get into it Ricardo Pepe is just making that number nine spot his man like there's which is sad to see because he really made it his up until the World Cup and got dropped so it's kind of like he's making he's making the same case I feel like unless Balagoon commits to us, it's it's Pepe's. I think it's still like even if Balagoon like commits to us, it's gonna be a fight. Pepe, Pepe's pissed off. You could tell when a player you can tell, yeah, plays yeah. pissed off, and he's playing pissed off because he knows like damn well that he should have been in the World Cup squad. He's the most informed striker we had. Um, the fact that he wasn't taking over all three of the strikers that were in Qatar was crazy. Um, Cause like who who was more informed than him at that at that moment? Nobody yeah. was, like nobody was. Like Jesus Freire dropped off months before Josh Sargent was what just picking up like starting to score goals. Yeah, and Haji Wright. I didn't I didn't even know I didn't even know with Haji Wright. But yeah, so I mean that I felt like that was kind of the disappointing part with DK. I, it just it did it didn't come off and. I, I don't know as well. It, it felt like we didn't, I guess, really play to his strengths. But I think we played better with a false number nine. I think we played better without DK just in the squad. Like, okay, fair it, enough. It's a, that's, a, that's a harsh like, <laughs> thing to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. I won't lie. But yeah. I just think we're better. Like, he, yeah, like, there's a, like, if you can perform for your club team and you're producing in probably one of the harder leagues in Europe, which is the championship – um then it's, you, it's just very physically demanding and then you can't produce that against granada or el salvador is pretty concerning okay so i think like just kind of wrapping up the granada game like overall we were pretty bad uh i, well, got, I mean uh, yeah we, we still we score seven yeah el salvador el salvador my bad okay. i got i got just, i got looping there but yeah el salvador we didn't play to our strengths we didn't really play with any cohesion Okay. Like that was the um, first time that that squad was kind of together since the World Cup. So I will just put it down to that. Hopefully, it's better in the Nations League and also the Gold Cup. All right. Do you have any positives to say about this team? Oh, because we li- we just went over all the negatives. I don't know if there's any positives. I think there's more negatives than positives. In this of course, there oh, is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, who impressed me? Uh, obviously Pepe. Coming like just Pepe knows, like we said, he's playing pissed off. He knows that he should have gone, and he he scored the winner against El Salvador. Like obviously, I don't think we should have had a like a a near tie or loss with them. Like they didn't have a single shot on target. Fair enough, 
But like we almost had a Mexico versus Jamaica moment, and that would have been embarrassing because I was yeah. talking so much crap on Twitter to these <laughs> Mexican fans, being like, "Oh, how'd you tie?" They're like, "How did you only beat El Salvador one 0 And I was like, "How'd you tie to Jamaica?" Yeah, like at at the Azteca. Then, uh, the Taylor Booth. I think Taylor Booth kind of showed like what he can offer to us. Like he didn't have that long of a run into the team. Or no. like long into the game, but I think like his pace, his creativity, uh, his, his kind of movement, and also kind of he almost set up Pepe again, like he for did, another yeah. for another goal. Yeah, uh, but I think it took it took a deflection, right? Went out. I, I yeah. thought he was going to score there, honestly. With the way Pepe was scoring goals, I was like, oh, that's in the back end, and it just went wide. I was like, no way. But I think Booth like has a legitimate spot, like uh, or a shot. I mean, to okay. take kind of. The one of the winger roles, like obviously that Christian Pulisic's not getting knocked out of the team, but whoever we plan or like the right side, really, whoever we want there hasn't been producing enough or like hasn't been showing it in there. To be fair, to be fair, Tim Weah wasn't in this camp. Oh, that is fair. That is that's fair as well. But Tim Weah has been playing left back at uh, Leo. So, so we'll see. uh, Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but really, kind of wrap up this episode. Do you think DK is in trouble? Because like, look, <laughs> well, look, 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 look. I don't know what you're talking about, DK. Because look, no, the reason why you, I brought this you up, want look, me to say the number nine spot is Ricardo Pepe's. It it already is. I don't know what kind of question that is uh, or statement. But no, okay. I, the only reason I bring this up is because. Who is gonna be? Who else is gonna be in that striker pool? Is still up for whatever because we don't know if he uh, Balgun is gonna commit to us. We know Pepe's on hot form right now. Then I saw the thing today. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Jordan Pifak said that he wasn't good enough to be in the in the you know the striker mix for the World Cup. He hasn't been performing really well for Union Berlin. And he was like, yeah, I wasn't good enough. Then on Twitter, you see everybody being like, oh, he still should have been there over Jesus Ferreira and all these other guys. And I was like, well, to be fair, make a case for that. But he was not in form at all no, leading no. up to the World Cup. So that's where he's like, it just dropped all the way down. Yeah. So I don't know if Jordan Pifox is going to step it up, but I really do think DK is in trouble of retaining any type of place in this national team. Because he hasn't produced enough for us. And I don't think we can keep calling him up if he's not a reliable option. I mean, look, he's still a young player. Uh, Depending on where he takes his career, you never know at the end of the day. But I feel like from what we've experienced with Daryl DK, moving forward, it doesn't seem likely he's going to continue with the national team. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to really say so when a player is still young and has his whole career ahead of him. And we don't have a certified number nine in hot form besides Ricardo Pepe. So it really just kind of depends. And uh, I don't really want to shun a number nine out, especially if they're an option. But uh, it it felt like he didn't really make the most of his opportunities. There comes a time when you have to start producing. And he hasn't done that. So, yeah, if we if we want our the U.S. men's national team to make to make the next step, we need to start producing. Right. We need to have a strike, like a good striker, man. I think that's just a real issue for us. But I think Ricardo Pepe's really, you know, 
taking that taking that role pretty well. Obviously, we're saying he's pissed off that he didn't go to the World Cup. He's showing it. He's giving yeah. a big old middle finger to Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter is sitting at home crying. One, he doesn't have a job. And two, everybody hates him. So is uh, do you think Greg Berhalter is going to manage this team still? No. No? No, I don't no. think so. I think, I think we've moved on from that. Like, you think we've moved on already? I think the team... Christian Pulisic just said that he thought Greg Berhalter was a great coach. Screw Christian's opinion in, in this subject. <laughs> like, like you could tell there's kind of a difference between Anthony Hudson and Greg Berhalter. Like, like uh, just being able to be more free. I think we both said that against Granada. Like, again, again, there's Granada, but they've it seemed they were playing with more uh, just freedom than Greg Berhalter let them do. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Greg Berhalter should come back. I feel like there's a lot of better options out there. So what's our what are what are our other options? Uh, I mean, Bayern just did sack their coach, but I highly doubt, I highly doubt he'd be interested in taking over an international team. Um, I don't I don't really know who else like from Europe we could really consider. I heard somebody say Hugo Perez, the coach from El Salvador, El Salvador. Yeah. and I was like, dude, I. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Apparently, a lot of people are like, oh, he's done a great job with them. Against the U.S. And I'm just like, eh, and what And where does it come from? Yeah, I feel like but, we're better than hiring the head coach of El Salvador, even though he's American. But Yeah. All right. Wait. Last point. I just want to say we're going to Las Vegas, right? Dude. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to Las Vegas. It would be so much better. It would be so much Me- better to see USA versus Mexico, but it would also be sick to see USA probably play Canada, and then we get to see them more than likely lift the trophy because Canadians think that they're the best team in Concacaf. They said after their win the other night that they are the the boys of Concacaf. Or Damn, you the- got real sassy, huh? Yeah. I don't, know where, I don't know where this confidence is coming from from a team that hasn't won anything since 2000, okay? And, yeah, that whole team's a mess. Anyway, yeah, guys, that is all the time that we have for today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back next with our episode about the MLS match we or match day six. I keep screwing up week and day, but that's okay. But the sixth round of matches for the MLS, that will be our next episode coming up. Uh, yeah, hit us up for, on Twitter. At the stands from pod. The stands, from the stands pod. It's not. It's at the stands pod. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> at the stands pod. See? Okay. I just I'm pulled sorry. It up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, yeah, guys. This has been from the stands pod. We shall catch you guys next time. See ya.